Let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Rough Greens, not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on to your dog's food. President Miles still ticking? He is. He's is this gone. unusual for your dog to be this old, or is this about how old they usually live? Oh, to be? no, this is unusual. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this dog won't old. die. He's, he's like a walking dead. We just actually did like a, you know how you cut through trees and look for tree rings yeah. to try to yeah, figure yeah. out how old a dog is? We you went back <laughs> through... Almost. Yep. We went back through old emails and photos to try to determine how old he was because we've been saying, I you know, 16, I think yeah. 17. We did find out he turned 18 on uh, either, either December or January. We're not wow. 100% sure. 18. I don't know if this, I don't know. This just might be he lives by a nuclear power plant <laughs> or by a train station. I don't know. But um, uh, Uno, I think, has had extended years and better years because of rough greens. Can't prove that. But you watch the difference in your dog. Feed them whatever you're feeding them and put Rough Greens on top of it. You get a free trial bag. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33 and get your uh, first bag free for your dog to try out. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. another train derailment uh, that Buddha Judge is not on again. Uh, this time, however, it was in Detroit. So really, I don't think there's going to be any damage. No, I'm kidding. That's horrible to say about Detroit. True, but horrible to say about Detroit. Train derailment yesterday. Um, no evidence yet of exposed hazardous materials. Um, although this train was carrying hazardous materials. Uh, but they say, don't worry about it. Of course, they're saying that in Ohio, too. And while I tend to believe so far that that's the case in Detroit, you know, the the New York Times is rushing to the defense of the government and the rail company saying, Oh, you know, these conspiracy theories that, you know, this is going to cause real environmental problems. It's all coming from the right. What? Now we're the ones too concerned about the planet? Unbelievable. Actually, that's the best part of it. Wait until you hear what Biden did yesterday. Explain it any other way than... Yeah, this is his work in glory to destroy America. It's not incompetence. It's not senility. This is a plan. And I'll explain in 60 seconds. All right, let me tell you about Good Ranchers. Uh, Did you see that eggs are now more expensive than a pound of beef? 
Yay! First time ever, right? We've done yeah. it! Yeah! Woo. All right! Eggs number one! Eggs number one! <laughs> uh, love that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just keep thinking to myself, thank goodness we are one step closer to crickets. Anyway, um, if you don't like the cricket idea and you don't like your food prices going through the roof, how about you lock in your meat prices right now? Chicken, beef, lock them in. You can do that with good ranchers and you can save an American ranch and farm. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. I know that's not the popular thing to do right now to say, hey, you cannot pay as much as you're paying at the grocery store you'll get better quality and it's grass-fed and here in america it's going to support and and make our ranches stronger i know that's not the way of the world now but i say we go there goodranchers.com great american quality beef and chicken from american ranchers go there now goodranchers.com slash beck Use the promo code BECK and save $30 off your order. It is promo code BECK at GoodRanchers.com. All right, so, Stu, help me make sense of this story. Hmm? Republican Governor Mike DeWine said he has not seen Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg at all. At all. Now, I'm sure he has seen him on TV, not talking about Ohio. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's seen him, you know, at some point in his life, maybe. But since the train derailment, nothing. I mean, he probably saw him on TV talking about how there weren't enough black people in construction jobs. Yeah, of course he saw that. Saw that. Yeah. That's an important thing to talk about. Liar, Mike. What a liar. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, and then yesterday, the Biden, I'm going to read this. Verbatim, the Biden administration has turned down Republican Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's request for federal disaster assistance Mm. for the train derailment. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, otherwise known as FEMA. Have you ever heard of them? I have heard of them. Yeah, okay. They said that... Too many white people working there, too. (laughs) They said that Ohio is not eligible to receive assistance... Because the incident didn't classify as a natural disa- a national disaster. The rejection came nearly two weeks after the uh, Norfolk so- Southern train, which carried harmful chemicals, derailed. 2,000 residents were evacuated, blah, blah, blah. Uh, FEMA classifies a national disaster declaration as when there is property damage caused by a tornado, flood, hurricane, or earthquake. The state currently does not have any associated costs that could demonstrate to FEMA to be able to get a disaster declaration because the train cars didn't cause any power outages, block any roads, or impede residents' property. That's a quote from FEMA. It didn't impede residents' property? I mean, they had to evacuate. They're just saying that everything's yeah, you can fine. You go back there, there if you want. Right, that's their, their go claim. Back. <sighs> I mean... Just check it out. Just check it out. We're not saying, you know, we're just saying, do you get your vax? If you got your vax... <laughs> Did the vaccine work for this, too? 
Well, I don't know about for that. But I'm just I just don't want them going back if they haven't had their vaccine. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. But they could spread COVID to But each if other. you have your vaccine, go back in. You're fine. You're okay. you're good. The mm. government federal government has nothing to do with your puny little life there. <laughs> what? Train, you know, big toxic clouds. Okay, so why? Is it just, are they trying to say it's it's just not FEMA's purview? Like, I mean, if we had a chemical Tell me fire the time. somewhere. Tell me the FEMA, time that FEMA has not chomped at the bit to come into your community to take over. Right. I mean, that's I the can't way think I, of one. But are like like their their line there seems to be it's not it, it's not a natural disaster. And we only deal with natural disasters. Is that right. is there another government agency that another alphabet collection of letters that's supposed to come in and deal with chemical accidents no. the epa well the epa is there but this is are they helping what they're the trying people? oh yes they are oh, they are okay they're saying come on back in okay everything's fine come right. into the water just you know take a net scoop all those dead fish off of the surface of the water. Right. They died from something else, I'm sure. Some of them seem to sprout wings and fly out right. of the river onto your property, but just right. scoop them up. Right. They're dead now. Right. And if you don't scoop them up, they're going to grow feet. Right. And so <laughs> you do not want a, you don't want the fish feet. No. No. Fish no. feet around your property is going to lower property values. No. Your Zillow thing is going to go to it's going to go through the, the floor. Now, let me give you this story from the New York Times. By the way, I'm I'm leading someplace, uh, and it's. It's it, a, it's a happy place. Is it fish feet? Is, is that does well, this all does us all come back to fish feet? So here's the headline from the New York Times. Now listen to this story: Chernobyl 2.0, Ohio train derailment spurs wild speculation. So this story is about the conspiracy theories that are coming from conservatives. Yeah, conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Since, Wait a minute. We hmm? finally found a, a, a an ecological issue that the New York Times is downplaying. Yes. We there, there yes. finally is one. Oh yeah. Every time there's an oil spill of like 3 drops, they 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 all they send 12 reporters to the scene to look for any any bird that has oil on their feathers. There is a snowstorm and it's because of your hairspray. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Since a train carrying hazardous materials derailed in Ohio nearly two weeks ago, writes the New York Times, residents have feared for their safety. A controlled burn of toxic materials has filled the air and covered surface waters with soil and soil with chemicals. Dead fish have floated in nearby creeks and an unnerving aroma has lingered in the air. Oh, OK, this is a lot of. Right. This is a lot of evidence. But for many commentators from across the political spectrum, the speculation has gone far beyond known facts. Right-wing commentators have been particularly critical, using the crisis to sow distrust about government agencies and suggest that damage could be irreparable. You mean like, we have to act on global warming and completely destroy <laughs> all of any kind of modern living and eat bugs within the next 10 years or the earth will be destroyed forever? You mean that kind of irreparable? On social media like Twitter and Telegram, commentators have called the situation the largest environmental disaster in history. 
or simple, simply Chernobyl 2.0, invoking the 1986 nuclear disaster. By the way, let's go back and see how the press reacted to um, the uh, Three Mile Island accident. Remember? That was the greatest nuclear meltdown of all. Nope. Nope. Nothing was measured in the air. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, the worst side effects of that incident were the equivalent of a full set of chest x-rays. Correct. And that they made in, they stopped nuclear energy because of that. And arguably caused, if you want to believe their narrative, or or at least their outcomes, they're not going to give this narrative, but arguably caused the problems that we have with global warming today. Correct. Right? They shut down the nuclear industry, so we had to go to other... uh, Stay on fossil fossil fuels. Fossil fuels. And if in their world, this is what's caused all the problems. Correct. Which, by the way, that means they caused all the problems. Well, isn't that the way progressives work? Yeah. They cause the problems and then try to fix the problems that they caused, which causes more problems, mm-hmm. which they then try to fix those. Pro- it's a never ending series chain of events. They warned, they said, they warned without any evidence that vital water reservoirs serving states downriver could be badly contaminated. Keyword there, could. And they suggested that the authorities, railroad companies, and mainstream news media were purposely obscuring the full toll of the crisis. Right, because when have you ever done that, mainstream media, government, or railroad companies? You've already had several bits of information that have come out that different chemicals were on board that we didn't know about initially there were more effects than we thought of course people are going to speculate that there's even more than what they've told us Stu, please read the new york times it says but I have right re- here glenn no, i read the no. new york times all the time no and the new york times every single time there's any sort of any sort of chemical that leaks anywhere on the planet they say it's going to be a catastrophe this is the entire paper is is basically based on someone dripped some chemical three thousand miles away but and it's those going to affect were us. disasters this is not listen this is fine since what? then uh, the epa has said air quality is returned to safe levels residents have been allowed to return yeah, a chemical order lingers because people can smell the contaminants even when they are far below hazardous concentrations. It's all according to the EPA. That's what it says right here. Water testing found no indication of risk to public water systems so far, the EPA said, through private though private wells should be tested, but the public water fine. The private water, oh, we're not sure. Utilities drawing from the Ohio River were taking precautions, at least one company said. Um, at uh, town hall meetings on Wednesday, frustrated residents pressed officials for assurances that the air and water were safe. Experts urged caution as they assessed the long-term consequences, warning that airborne contaminants can settle on surfaces, seep into wells, and migrate through cracks in basements to homes. Yet influencers and right-wing commentators were quick to draw the conclusion of their own, theorizing about the extent of damage and the federal response, which they say have amounted to an extensive cover-up. This makes no sense. Well, how Mm -hmm. could the New York Times be taking this side of the story? I mean, there is a good argument to be made. Like, this happens a lot, right? You have an accident like this, and it is a pretty natural series of events. 
that people who live close by are incredibly worried about it because they can smell stuff in the air and they're worried about what's going on with their water. They're worried if their children are going to die or develop cancer next week. All really rational fears. And then uh, maybe some scientific experts come in and say, we don't think it's a risk. When that series of events occurs, the New York Times always sides with the families, always sides against the companies, always says, actually, we found some person, this one random person who has this effect. It's not proven to be connected, but we're going to say it's connected anyway. They always, always side with the freaking out uh, side of this argument. And for this one time, this one incident... They're now all of a sudden all on board with nothing's gone on. Okay, well, if isn't you, this weird? I mean, seriously, isn't this no. weird? No, you have no Why? Ex- Why? you have no example of that. Let me give you <laughs> let me give you an unrelated story. Right. Headline: Russian pipeline leaks spark climate fears as huge volumes of methane spew into the atmosphere every time. What is methane? That's natural gas natural gas keyword natural okay it seeps out into the atmosphere all the time Mm because it's coming from the earth and it's natural gas not man-made chemicals that are not meant to burn that they just set on fire (laughs) no no no. this is natural gas it's they call it methane which is also what comes out of the butt and the mouth of a cow that they say God created all of this. This is a master plan. This is an incredible thing. But what he didn't know is that he actually created animals that live on the planet that spew a toxic chemical that will make their entire planet die. That's what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Hmm. you don't believe in God, you believe in, you know, natural evolution. Well, if the cow and the farts from animals is toxic to the planet, well, evolution will figure that out. No, 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 no. Methane, natural, natural, not chemicals in the sky. Again, used, made for World War One. Setting those on fire? No, it's not a problem. Climate scientists acknowledge that it's hard to accurately quantify the exact size of the emissions and say leaks are, quote, a wee bubble in the ocean compared to the massive amounts of methane emitted around the world every day. Nonetheless... Environmental campaigners argue the incident reaffirms the risk of sabotage or incidents, uh, accident makes fossil fuel infrastructure a ticking time bomb. Wow. But you in Ohio? Now, I'm going to tie this together. I'll tell you what I think this re- what's really going on here in 60 seconds. Just about every day on this program, I share experiences of real people with you, people who have their lives changed by taking Relief Factor, and I'm one of them. Uh, I can honestly say I don't think I would be here today if it wasn't for Relief Factor. That is an honest statement. I told my wife, I don't know how I'm going to live this way and continue to go on and do this. I mean, I was in my mind, I'm I'm, I'm settling for, I'm going to live this way the rest of my life. What 
moments I have that's not in pain, I'm going to enjoy them with my family. And uh, before, you know, I said, it, I have that decision to make, honey, this next year. We have to talk about it. And she said, have you tried Relief Factor? This is an honest-to-God conversation. Have you tried Relief Factor? No, it's not going to work for me. It's all natural, blah, blah, blah. I've been to the Mayo Clinic. Really? A, something that's not a drug. It's all natural and advertised on radio and TV. That's going to fix it. Well, I don't want to hear you whine about it if you won't try everything. So I tried it. Three weeks later, I said, it's not working. But I, it, I didn't notice I was dismissing that I was feeling better, thinking I was just in a good period. Then I stopped taking it, and all of it came rushing back. That's my experience with Relief Factor. Want to give it a whirl? Get out of pain. What if it works? 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. ReliefFactor.com. Try the three-week quick start. Exactly the same thing I did. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay. So let me tell you exactly what I think is um is going on these people do not care about the things they say they care about that's all a sham it's all a sham this whole global warming thing look first it was global no first it was global um uh ice age coming when i was growing up it was an ice age then it was global warming now it's global climate change because it's going different ways. Okay. Now you can't predict it, but they were absolutely sure you could predict it just a few years ago that it was going to be warming. Now we can't predict it, but we can predict that it's going to be unpredictable. Oh, okay. It's a sham. Now I believe climate is always changing. We may be in a new period but all the rest of it is bullcrap for control. Otherwise, they would care about this just as much as they care about everything else. But see, this one has politics involved. This is a red state. This is a state where they don't care about. They'll rush FEMA any place, any place. Well, not to the border here where we're being overrun. Not to Ohio where the skies are on fire. No, no, no. These people honestly don't care about any human condition. Except for their condition of power. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, our uh, uh, sponsor this half hour is Patriot Mobile. It'd be really great if you, you didn't need to build a parallel economy in this country. Uh, but the need has arisen. I haven't even gotten to half of that monologue that I wanted to do there. Um, we, we, we have got to have a parallel um, economy because we're headed in two different directions. And, uh, you know, God only knows. But Patriot Mobile is one of the founding uh, cornerstones. They are one of them that came out. And they're way ahead, and they're the only Christian conservative wireless provider. 
They don't hate you. They like you. They work in your community. They'll save you money. They'll give you great service. Why are you still with the big boys? Why? Why? Please make the switch today. Stand with the people who are standing with you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call them now. Use the promo code Beck and get free activation at PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You got to get on board with Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. By the way, just doing a quick search uh, of the FEMA website, you'll come to... Remember, FEMA doesn't cover this. I mean, it's, you know, it's a chemical spill. First of all, those if that's the trains are regulated by the federal government. Uh, but um, you can just look up ESF number 10. That is emergency support function number 10, particularly for oil and hazardous material response. So I guess FEMA does have a way to uh, to get in there, but uh, the president just won't uh, won't do it. It just doesn't qualify. Man, they wi- they do they wish they could be there. You betcha they do. You betcha they do. But they just can't see their way uh, through all of the red tape. You know that's just crazy. Um, I want to take you to now a guy who I have read is. Uh, Possibly. Well, people are trying to draft him to run for president. And I have to tell you, even if he doesn't uh, doesn't win or wouldn't run to try to win, but just try to get everybody to understand ESG, I support his candidacy. Uh, Vivek uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is uh, with us now. He is an anti ESG crusader. Um, and uh, has really made a lot of inroads with Strive.com. Check it out. He's with us now. You're also an Ohio resident. Any thoughts on Mm -hmm. what's happening? I mean, it's very sad what's happened, Glenn, and I watched Pete Buttigieg effectively imply that this has gotten too much attention. That's an affront, and I think it just reveals why people here and people across the country do not trust the establishment in Washington, D.C., And, you know, the funny thing is I've seen both sides of it, right? I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm talking to you from Ohio today. I also went to school with Pete Buttigieg. We were at Harvard together. We overlapped with each other. And the dirty little secret is that if this had happened in Washington, D.C. or in New York City, Mm. the response would have been dramatically different. And the people here know it. And that's what fuels this cycle of distrust. And unfortunately, I'm sad to say the distrust exists for good reason. We need to put new leaders in charge. And it's just, it, you know, most importantly, I, I think that community has been as brave as they possibly can be. But it's also revealed the divide between the aristocracy in D.C. and the rest of the country. I mean, the, the Pete Buttigieg uh, comments, all of them are just so dismissive. And, you know, he, he, let's say even that he's he's not. But let's just say he was right. You still don't say that. You go to the town and comfort them and then give them some hard news. But they just are like, what's everybody looking at this for? Why? Keep driving. 
Exactly. And I think it's about self-protection because initially he was embarrassed that this was a bigger deal than expected. He's just come off another crisis with respect to grounding flights because of software glitches. So he thought this made him look bad, sweep it under the rug, even if the people are left to suffer as a consequence. Now, as that refuses to happen, and thank you to the people in this town and across the country who have stood up to say this is a big deal, now is actually almost implicitly blaming the people who are actually casting attention on what's an important situation. Okay. I just see this as a symptom, Glenn, of a deeper problem in our country. So uh, let me let me throw another uh, log on this fire here. Um, I checked the ESG score of uh, uh, Norfolk Suffolk um, uh, Railway. They have a higher ESG score than Tesla does, and their E is a lower threat, according to their score, than their S is. They're pretty good on the environment. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is laughable, Glenn, and it, it reminds me exactly of FTX on one small uh, ES, on, on an ESG scoring mechanism scoring better than ExxonMobil. This is a farce. And you put three-letter acronyms about it. What's it designed to do? It's designed to hide the essence of what's actually happening. And, you know, these companies, and working hand-in-glove with the government to do it, are deflecting accountability from the topics they'd rather not be scrutinized for, instead talking about environmental and social issues instead. By the way, using the money of everyday citizens to advance those agendas without their knowledge. And you and I know that well. That is the defining fraud of our time. But that, too, Glenn, is just a symptom of a deeper cancer in this country where we've lost our national identity. So people who are supposed to run the show are not the ones who elect to run the government are not the ones actually running the show, running the actual government today. That's a new bureaucracy combined with new titans to be in the private sector. And that's the real problem we need to solve. Okay, so tell me how you solve that, Vivek. Well, so look, I think there's a top-down version of this, and there's a bottom-up version of it, Glenn. The top-down version is we need to get the state and capitalism out of each other's hair. That is fascism. You combine state power with corporate power to do what neither can do on its own. That is Mussolini's definition of fascism. And that's the state of affairs in modern America today, I'm sorry to say it. So what I say is if it is state action in disguise, if the government is using private companies either through the ESG agenda or through free speech regulation in Silicon Valley to do through the back door what government couldn't do directly, then those companies in those situations ought to be bound by the same constraints as the federal government itself. That includes the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States if you're a tech company, for example. So I have a lot of ideas for top-down fixes here. I think we should make political expression a civil right in this country so long as we have other protected classes as well. But if we're honest with ourselves, Glenn, We also have to look ourselves in the mirror. Each of us do. You do. I do. Every person listening to this does. And ask ourselves, what is it within us that causes us to want to bend the knee to these new monarchs? It's like the Israelites. Why do they want to go back and be ruled by Pharaoh? There's something innate in human nature about it. And I just think we are so hungry for purpose right now in America that we need a conservative movement that fills that vacuum of purpose and identity with a vision of national identity that dilutes this poison to irrelevance. And that's oh, an that's, important part of the, the conversation. I will tell you, the left just heard what you said, and they would love, they're going to call you absolutely a nationalist and a fascist. They, I mean, you know, forget about the actual meaning of those words. Um, but you, a nationalist identity, what are you talking about? What is, what, what is the vision we should all be working 
revive the ideals that set this nation into motion. Basic ideas, even like merit, that you get ahead in this country, not as the color of your skin, but as MLK said, on the content of your character and contributions. I mean, that means getting rid of this national cancer of affirmative action. Merit in government, making sure the people we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government, not this cancerous bureaucracy that multiplies itself like a like a metastasizing tumor. That's it. Meritocracy and ideas, Glenn. The best ideas win when no ideas are censored. Merit in who gets into this country. I, I see this as a first-generation American myself. My parents were immigrants. We should want more people like them, but not people whose first act of entering this country is a law-breaking one. Those are just basic rules of the road. They're not even... Democratic ideas or Republican ideas, they are American ideas. And you can't call that nationalist, call it nationalist. We then, if we shore up that vision, those basic ideas, then and only then can we take on the actual threats we face externally, like communist China, which is not going to be easy to address. And I have views on how to do this, but I think we can make the sacrifices needed to address communist China, to declare independence from communist China, to do the kinds of things we're going to have to do if we shore up our national identity within. And that's what I'm on a mission to do one way or another. Vivek, um, you know, you look at China. I think we are marching toward war. This is exactly what happened at World War One. A group mm. of Fabian socialists wanted to change all of Europe, get rid of the old structure. They said it was going to be great. They they saw the potential for a war. They went all in thinking that it could be short and it will be enough pain to cover the collapse and the restructuring of the world. I think that's exactly what's happening. And I think just like they were wrong in World War One, they're wrong this time. This could be very catastrophic, just catastrophic. This could be bad. This yeah. could be really bad, Glenn. I have one note of optimism, and, and I think we're working within a short window here for that optimism. Xi Jinping has shot himself in the foot through self-inflicted damage to get that third term last October when he took that unprecedented third term as leader of the CCP. That opens up a short window for us, I, I believe, to defeat China economically so that we will never have to militarily. I do not think that window is going to be open for long. But I call for total declaration of independence from China, total decoupling. I think that that is the declaration of independence of the 21st century, because unlike the Soviet Union, in the last Cold War, they never provided the shoes on our feet or the phones in our pockets. China powers our modern way of life. But if we pull the economic rug from under them right now, they're in a vulnerable spot, Glenn. And, and to me, that's one of if, to the extent I pull the trigger and actually pursue this path. That would be one of the big reasons to do it, is I think we're working within a short window where we can actually do that if we can get it right. It will involve sacrifice. I'm going to tell you that bluntly. I'm, it's not a rosy picture. There will be inconveniences involved for Americans. But our moment demands you used World War I analogy. I'll use a World War II one. Yeah. We need Churchill, not Chamberlain. And we don't. I think we have a short window where we don't have to go to war if we can defeat them economically by achieving independence. Man, you sound like a guy who is going to run for president. I'm thinking about it, Glenn. I'm thinking about it and I'm um, thinking about it seriously, but it's not about me. It's not it's not about the person. It really shouldn't be. It should be about the what and the why. And I could care less who it is. If it's a great person who doesn't have the right agenda, it doesn't matter to me. I think we need to define the agenda, define why we're doing what we're doing. That's what I care about. That's what, you, know, you and I both care about. I know that about both of us. 
And the question of the who then just becomes a lot easier after we've defined those things. That's what I'm most focused on. I, I have to tell you, I, I, I support you 110%. Um, you are outside the system. You are very successful at what you've done. You have identified all of the right problems. You have worked to actually solve them yourself through the private sector. I think you get it. Um, you know, I, I'm not endorsing anybody for president at all. I think there's a lot of good people out there. However, um, the voice that you could bring to the table, even if you didn't win, you could shape the platforms uh, of the party. I, I think it's I think it's very important, actually, that you run. Just wanted Thank you to you know. Glad. I just say I appreciate that. Let's rediscover what America is. That's what I care about. If we do that, I'm happy. Vivek Ramaswamy, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. God bless. Uh, he's running. <laughs> well, no, he's seriously considering it, Con. Just, just a uh, serious consideration. He's running. Right? <laughs> All right, let me tell you about Car he's Shield. He's not jokingly considering it. He's seriously considering it. Yeah. Okay, I just okay. make sure you All understand right, okay, the consideration yeah. level. I don't there. really understand the difference there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, let me tell you about Car Shield. If you have problems and you've got a car with, you know, uh, five miles or uh, 150,000 miles on it, if your car doesn't have a warranty, you need Car Shield. Car Shield. Uh, you know, when your car goes down now, we're, we're talking thousands of dollars in repair um, because of just chips. You know the price of a used car right now. You've got a car, you need it to run, and you can't afford the repairs. You've got to get CarShield. Save 20% on your plan, and they have plans that will, you know, for all shapes and sizes, you'll always be prepared for the unexpected. Call 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, or go to carshield.com slash Beck. That's carshield.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you're here. Let me give you something else on showing you how much these compassionate, compassionate people uh, really care about individuals. John Fetterman. John Fetterman is now back in the hospital for depression. This is what, third or fourth time since he got into office? So, well, I think that's the first that he's been in for depression. For this, yes. yes. But he's been in the hospital multiple times. Over time. And why? Why is he most likely depressed? Because he's in a job that he cannot understand. Can't do. He can't do it. And my guess is he knows that. Of course. And now he is now he's in this position where he is realizing how disabled he really is. Does the left care? Nope. Do they care about him at all? Is anybody going to apologize saying we shouldn't have pushed him into this? This guy, I mean, I feel bad for him today. I feel bad for him today. I don't like him. I don't. I mean, he was part of the decision, but I don't wish this on anybody. 
The guy went in. He he's not able to do the job, according to doctors. Does the left care? Did they care about that then? Do they care about that now? No. No, no. And, I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate because if we had any evidence that this could be the case before the election, voters in Pennsylvania could have made a different choice. Yeah. But they had no information to indicate mm-hmm. that this guy couldn't do this job mm-hmm. other than all information. The only thing they had was every available piece of information. And that's not enough to make a decision. I will tell you, but people want to believe what they want to believe. No, true. And the Democrats and his campaign and everybody else, they kept him out of the limelight until the very end. Until yeah, the very end. Yeah, but they, I mean, look, there's no excuse. They, 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 everybody saw that debate. Everybody knew was already, he couldn't do this he job. He already had the winning uh, vote in the bank by then. Well, I mean, he did have a lot of early vote, but still, yeah. uh, it, uh, there's no excuse to be made here for Pennsylvania and what they did. This is one of the most embarrassing spectacles that voters have ever participated I in. I just want to show you, though, it's, the human cost. They yeah. don't care no. about the individual. They don't care about the individual. Everyone is nothing more than a pawn, a chess piece that can be taken if it supports the move of the king. This is true. Diane Feinstein's a good example of this, right? She's currently in, in the Senate. She announced her retirement. A reporter came up and said, so can you, what, do you, what made you want to retire? And she said, I'm not retiring. We haven't released a statement on that. And then her aide had to say, yes, we have. Yes, we have. We released that yesterday. Oh, we have? Oh, okay. Yesterday, she was walking out of a vote, and she was overheard asking her aide, did I vote for that? That is something, though, Glenn, where you say, this woman's been in office since 1857. Uh, she's been there forever. She won, obviously, just on name recognition. At one point in her career, when she was senator, she was a terrible senator, but lucid, right? Mm-hmm. That changed over time. Like Woodrow Wilson was being propped up in the office. Okay, maybe you can understand that. All of this stuff with Fetterman happened before the vote. He wasn't even the senator yet. Everyone knew this was going on, and they elected him anyway. It's inexcusable. But again, they don't care about the individual. She's no, replaceable. Yep. She's replaceable. Use her until there's nothing left to use. It's despicable, mm-hmm. reprehensible, and inhuman. Program. Well, let me tell you about Good Ranchers. If you want to save money, if you would like to do something to support um, American meat, uh, American farms, American ranchers, and I don't mean uh, Bill Gates, okay? I mean actual ranchers who believe in the same kind of things that you do and have been putting food on our table for generations. They're being driven out of business. Well, Good Ranchers is there to not only give you a lower cost of your beef, but to ensure that that beef is coming from American ranches and they are supporting American ranchers to keep them alive so we don't all eat bugs. Sorry, I'm in a mood today. I want you to go to GoodRanchers.com. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Lock in your price of your beef. Uh, Get a subscription for American meat delivered today. $30 off with the promo code GLEN. Promo code G-L-E-N-N. It's it's the best. It's GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com.
What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to Friday. White House yesterday demanded the media comply because there was a lack of space at the president's press conference. Not true. 26 open chairs. Not true. They were just making sure that only the reporters that would play nice were there at the press conference. Well, they didn't play nice. They shouldn't play nice. And you know what? Honestly, it is time for all of us to wake up to what is happening in our country. What's happening right now, well, I'm gonna... Let me, let me just say these words. Say hello to Snow White. This story should open the door and, and lead you to the sunshine of what is really happening in America. And I'm gonna tie it all together with Snow White, uh-huh, in 60 seconds. This president's holiday, why not get yourself a window treatment worthy of a presidential suite? Why not avoid spending a fortune in the process? Blinds.com has a great a great president's uh, sale. You can save up to 45% site-wide on premium custom window treatments. Their design consultants have you covered and can help you pick what's right for your home when there are just too many choices. They don't even need to come to your home, let alone come out two or three times. There is a real reason why Blinds.com has over 40,000 five-star reviews. It becomes obvious when you see how their window treatments can give your home a whole new look. And the best part, they make it incredibly affordable at the same time. By the way, if you want to have the installers come in, you have them do a couple of windows or 25 windows, same price. Where are you going to get that? Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Their President's Day sale now through February 22nd. Save up to 45% site-wide, plus doorbusters. So get the f- up to 45% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Blinds.com. Okay, uh, so let me start with this story. And I'm going to tie it to, I'm going to tie it to Ukraine, to Ohio, the entire mess. We have a story that came out yesterday. Former J.P. Morgan executive Jess Staley discussed Disney princesses with Jeffrey Epstein in July 2010 in an email exchange. Now, this is coming because there's a lawsuit um, in a court filing by the U.S. Virgin Islands attorney general and the acting attorney general. Wasn't this attorney general the one that filed the suit and then was fired. And so they replaced him with another attorney general. So that shows you corruption just right there. Okay. So the exchange in the email was about the young women and girls procured by Epstein for the former JP Morgan chase executive. Okay. Uh, He went to his properties, Epstein's properties in the Virgin Islands. Um, They were discussing the women and young girls procured, uh, and they used the names of Disney princesses. And uh, at one point, Epstein was like, hey, next time, which princess? And he was like, hey, check out Snow White. I think it's Snow White. Okay, 
They were sending explicit photos to each other and everything else. Now, this guy is very well known. Epstein, very well known. He's friends with Epstein. We know about their relationship, just like we know about the relationship with Microsoft founder and the guy who's currently redesigning our world and our health, Bill Gates. We know that Bill Gates, his wife, one of the reasons why he, his wife left him, apparently, is because he would not distance himself from Epstein. Now, there are pictures of this J.P. Morgan uh, Chase executive on the island with Epstein and Bill Gates. Now, are you telling me they flew down to the island and Snow White and the other princesses were paraded around for the J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, Morgan Chase executive and Epstein was doing the parading with the girls. And where was Bill Gates? He was working on software because there's pills for that now, Bill. You can take that. And the software and hardware, they become one again. But once again, sponsored by Pfizer. It is <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. It, it is incomprehensible that we do not know who these Johns were. And let me say it this way. If that little black book of Epstein's contained only the names of truck drivers, conservative, uh, uh, you know, commentators and diner restaurant owners, do you think any of those names would not be known today? We have a good example of this recently with Matt Gates. Yeah, who they accused of all sorts of things and, and then Correct. went through all the investigations and did not find anything to charge him with. Right. Right. So they'll charge anything. They'll do anything to smear we you. Knew okay? his name. Every all the ex, every accusation was out on the table so immediately. We don't know. We don't know the facts that they know. And we're never going to know. We're never going to know. But I'm telling you, if they were all, uh, you know, people that were in red states, all those names would be known. One guy would be like, I fixed the furnace. I, I'm only in his little black book because the furnace has problems. And when it goes down, I, I go through a basement door that only leads to the furnace room and I fix the furnace. I have nothing to do with it. He would be known as a pedophile. But the the wealthy, the connected, they can get away with child rape and somehow or another, no one seems to care. Why? Because you don't know. That's a conspiracy theory. You don't know who these people are. You don't know what Bill did. Well, no one's looking into it. And that causes one to go, why? Why? Because if we knew it was somebody that nobody knew in a red state, they would be smeared if not in prison today. And if they were if they had done something with children, they should be in prison. So why isn't this happening? I don't think it's just to protect the elite. I really don't. I don't think that it is just because Bill Gates and Bill Clinton were flying on his plane in a totally innocent way. 
I don't think that's what it is. I think that's part of it. But I think the real target is the intelligence apparatus of America. I believe that Jeffrey Epstein, this guy doesn't go from nobody to where he was connected with so many powerful people doing this kind of stuff. Believe me, if I'm in your home, you're flying me on your jet to your island where I'm spending a week. I have the security that checks them out six ways to Sunday. I know whose house I'm going to if I'm staying for a week. I know, and I get a briefing before I decide to book it on the calendar. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Soft book that, but leave room for an excuse. And security is looking at them, getting all the information. Then they come to me and say, okay, these are the rumors. This is what's happening. This is what we think might be happening. We recommend you don't go, but it's up to you, sir. And then it is up to me. You're telling me that Bill Gates doesn't have security like that? They could look deeper than Glenn Beck's security could? Are you telling me that all of these people, President Clinton with Secret Service detail, they didn't know anything about what was going on in that island? Bullcrap. You'll never convince me of that. Never. And I know because I live in that world just on the edges of it, of having intel that the average person doesn't have. I don't have their clearance or their their uh, uh, access to information. I barely have anything. Right. Like if you're the pool guy who works on this island, you're going to be excused for potentially Correct. not knowing everything that was going on. Correct. You're you're Bill Gates. You're going to have you a know. really good idea. You know. You know, or at least you have been severely warned. And then when that person does go to jail the first time, you immediately go, okay, guys, you are right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Right. Okay. So what is this Epstein thing? Who are they really protecting? Because I no longer believe that it is just the people like Clinton. I think they're protecting, I don't know, CIA, NSA. I think this guy was a government operative operating honey traps. And if you think that doesn't happen, that happens in the spy world all the time, all the time. That's how they get leverage over people. And I have experience with that as well. I have, thank God, been in a position to where this has happened And thank God I was living the principles of what I truly believe. Otherwise, I would have been done. I would have been an enemy to this state. I was at Fox. And uh, people were going through my garbage you know, investigate. And I had been investigated before the first time. Well, I, I don't want to say who was doing it. First time it was on the left. Okay. And I, I know the company that was doing the investigation. They're the big lefty company. Okay. And they search everything. They look for anything 
Okay. Thank God I was clean in anything that I had ever done wrong. I had confessed to you a long time ago. I'd be like, I was a dirt bag. Okay. And I'm a recovering dirt bag and I'm trying to be better. So I had no fear. They're going through my garbage. They're going through all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what the, what do they think they're going to find? My wife and I actually laughed about it. Okay. You're very boring. I'm extraordinarily you know, right? boring. <laughs> the the yeah. best thing they could find was an old historical document that you may have thrown <laughs> out by mistake. Right. right. So uh, then I'm at Fox and the uh, event at the mall happens with uh, in Washington, D.C. 500,000 people show up. Rupert Murdoch calls me to his office. What are your intentions? What are you going to do with all this power? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You running for president? No, I'm not running for president. You're running for president. No, I'm, I'm not running for president. I don't, I don't want that. Okay. I just asked people to gather just to bring hope to the country. They didn't believe me. Somebody starts investigating me again. And they go through my garbage. All of it. Same group of people. Different employer. You draw your own conclusions. In, um, uh, in a meeting that I had about two months later, I knew they had nothing. Because I don't have anything. I'm boring. And I sit down at a desk. And Roger Ailes pulls out a stack, at least a foot, a stack of papers and folders and puts it. I come in and he said, you know, we've got to have a serious talk. And I said, "Okay." And he comes down, he puts a stack of papers on his desk, all in folders. And then he kind of pets it like a little kitty cat. And he says, you know, a lot of people would like to see you pulled down. I said, I know. He said, and there's a lot of people that do anything to get information on you. I said, I know. Good thing. I'm really boring. And he said, well, and then he petted the little file. Well, you know, Glenn, it's always a horrible thing when a man has a wife like you have. Now I am just on fire. The hair is standing up on the back of my neck, and I lean in and grab the edge of his desk, and I said, why is that always trouble? And he said, well, because a man will step out and do something, and it's, you know, it's human nature. And it can really hurt a good woman like that. And I looked at him straight in the eye. And with all the calmness that I could muster, I said, it sure is, Mr. Ailes. And that is exactly why nothing like that has ever happened. And then we had like a third grade stare down for it had to be at least a minute felt like an hour had to be at least a minute where his eyes didn't move my eyes didn't move and i know the first person who speaks loses and i wouldn't speak i had already said the truth and i stared at him across the desk behind those papers yeah i know and he picked up the papers and put them down by the side of his desk and he said, just be careful. I've lived 
in this world on the very edge. I'm not even into the cheese part of the cheesy crust part of the pizza. (laughs) I'm at the very, very edge of the crust of living in that world. This is not being exposed because this guy most likely was an operative. And oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Yes, so was that the CIA knew about or were involved with Lee Harvey Oswald, which gang they kept saying was a conspiracy theory until this year. Did you hear that announcement? The CIA had Lee Harvey Oswald on their books. He was an operative. Now, that doesn't mean they killed him, but they were using him. They knew about him. He was current. It was not like, oh, we used him 10 years ago. He was currently an operative. And they covered that up. What do you think these agencies were made for? To go get our enemies. But they're not being used to get our enemies anymore. Because the deep state defines who an enemy is now. It used to be an enemy was someone who would not protect and defend the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That is no longer our enemy. It remains my enemy. Back in a minute. Mouth is a little dry. Uh, Jane wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, I had so much back pain, I could barely walk after back surgery. I went to physical therapy. I didn't get any relief. I've had to use canes. I've used a walker. I decided, what? I don't have anything to lose. I'm going to try Relief Factor. She said, I basically have no pain. I go to the gym now, more or less pain-free. Thank you, Relief Factor. Jane, it, it, they're never making a promise that so this will even work for everybody. 70% of the people to try it go on to order uh, more. And it's not going to maybe take away all your pain. I still have pain from time to time, but I had nothing like the pain that I used to have. And it sounds like you're exactly the same way. Please, if you're in pain or know somebody who is in pain, try Relief Factor. Please just try it. It's three weeks. It's 20 bucks. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does... You get out of pain and get your life back. Relieffactor.com. Call 800 the number 4 relief. 800 the number 4 relief. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Do I need a drink? <laughs> not a, not a drink, not a drink, but What is in that that styrofoam? You know, this is all I asked for for my birthday. All I wanted was, because uh, I go to Sonic just for their, you know, Diet Coke. And uh, uh, so I go to Sonic and my wife will go from time to time. She'll be driving by and she'll grab a Coke from Sonic. And then I use that cup all day long. I'm such a germaphobe. I don't like Yeti cups because it's just, I'm 100% you're with me? Oh, God. I'm all I wanted, well known for this. All I wanted was a bunch of styrofoam cups from Sonic, just a big box. Go and just, that's all I want. Just styrofoam cups from Sonic because I love them and I don't have to wash them. And they're killing the earth and dolphins. So, I mean, everybody's a winner here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that's why, let me just take a, because my mouth is a little dry after that. What? 
we're on. You didn't know that? Well, I was going to say, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to. I mean, that's what, did you get them? You keep talking about it, but did you get them? No. Nobody in my life thought I was serious. <laughs> They're like, can't get dad that. Yeah, that's what dad wants. Those are some of the best cups with the ice. You got to get the ice too. The ice is key. Sonic ice. Is nothing Sonic, better. I know. I nothing mean, living better. in the Northeast, there was no Sonics back, at least back in the day. And then they bring them down. When I, we moved down here, all they're of a fantastic. sudden, every, it's just everywhere here. Oh, they're great. They're so good. Oh. So I, that's a scene from the firm, you know. That exact Sonic scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the firm, you're so. I'm, I'm a little thrown by your story here, but like yeah. the. The, that scene was in the firm. Yeah. Except the guy had actually done it in the firm. My so wife said better. to me at one point, not based on that story, on an even more unbelievable story, said, we're living uh, Jason Bourne's life. Yeah. And I said, I know. <laughs> I well, think this is very bizarre. I mean, m- we didn't. Minus the athleticism. You know. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. I need another swig. What's in that Sonic <laughs> cup? Uh, the following is uh, brought to you by Preborn. Before a baby is born, his or her heart will beat 54 million times before birth. Preborn Pregnancy Network has rescued 200,000 babies and have made it possible for those 200,000 babies to have more than 54 million heartbeats. When a mom hears a heartbeat, she goes in, she can be convinced she's going to have an abortion. She's like between 60 and 80% more likely to choose life once she hears the heartbeat from an ultrasound. If she sees the baby and hears the heartbeat, it, I mean, you have a great chance of saving that baby's life. Those ultrasounds have to be free because they're thinking about having an abortion. They don't want to pay for it. They don't want to see it. So if you give them free ultrasound, you can save tons of lives every ultrasound is 28 dollars. do you would you like to help save babies go to pound 250 say the keyword baby or you can find out all about it and donate at preborn.com slash beck preborn.com slash beck and blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn and save yourself 10 bucks off blaze tv You know, everybody says, what are we going to do about big tech? What are we going to do? I mean, we got to get Congress to do something. Well, what can they do? DeSantis, once again, Wednesday, we didn't report this uh, on Wednesday. We should have. Wednesday, he came out with his digital bill of rights. Okay? Or Tuesday. Digital bill of rights. Here they are. Really simple. Protect private in-person conversations requiring consent for companies to observe. So if you have a any kind of device that is listening or watching, you have to have consent given the company consent to watch. Protect the right of individuals to participate in platforms without unfair censorship. Protect the right to know how search engines manipulate your search results. Do these not all sound like common sense? Protect the right to control personal data on the largest and most common platforms and require express authorization to monetize it. Amen. You do that one thing and you've crippled these companies because 
They'll no longer have a digital twin of you that they can monetize and analyze all the time. Protect children from online harms. Freedom from surveillance, such as unauthorized surveillance of private conversations via cell phone. This is so basic. Ron DeSantis puts it out. Good. Now, can some other states follow in his footsteps? I don't know why this isn't being done. Look at the guy's popularity. What are you governors doing? I don't get it. One of the guys who has been affected by uh, digital uh, censorship is Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee. He's the CEO of the Babylon Bee. Hey, Seth, how are you? I am good, Glenn. It's good to be back with you. Thank you. Uh, You know, I think I ask you this every time you're on, uh, but it gets worse between the interviews that we have. How are you guys dealing with satire in a world where we're shooting $10 balloons down out of the sky? (laughs) It is a... it is getting worse, isn't it? I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're tracking it in a sheet. I may have mentioned this before on your program, but we're tracking in a sheet all of our jokes that come true. And we call it, you know, like they're fulfilled prophecies instead of punchlines. And, uh, and we're up to almost 100. I think we've hit 90 now. So 10 more and we've hit 100 Unbelievable. Jokes. Do you so have that list true. in front of you? Can you tick off some either from memory or? Yeah, I can pull it up. Um, I have it on my. Uh, I mean, that's like the uh, Simpsons. Link on my link tree, but everybody's yeah, like the Simpsons. They're prophets. No, they're not. They're comedians. They're just writing jokes. We're becoming the joke. <laughs> it is an old problem, though. You know, Shakespeare said jesters do oft become prophets. So you know, it, it, this has a long history, but. Um, but it's happening with us really frequently. We did a joke about how uh, horrified Satan distances self from Grammys uh, after that crazy <laughs> Sam Smith performance. And then, and then the Church of Satan came out uh, two days later with a statement saying that the that the the, the performance was uh, underwhelming and meh, and it didn't represent <laughs> the Church of Satan. <laughs> I mean, this kind of stuff is happening all the time. Uh, uh, we did one expert say they don't know what's causing everyone to suddenly collapse, but it's definitely not that one thing. And then you see a story that says something has been killing American young people in sharply rising numbers, but it's not vaccines. <laughs> I mean, these, they, they're jokes. jokes. It's unbelievable. And then, and then the, me, the media makes them come true. I, I do say all the time, you know, imagine if your job was to write jokes that are funnier than what Democrats are doing in real life. I mean, that's a challenging job. I know. Really challenging. Um, so what is your take on uh, just the news of the week? I mean, can you deal with something like, did we blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? I mean, we talk about this. We've had deep, deep conversations in my producing meetings every day this week. Do we want to know, Would the is the world and the population of the world served by knowing the truth what does it mean is there is there any place that is off limits hmm. um for for comedy for what we do yeah for comedy no, we, we've say, decided there is no limit no. for us I, honestly i think you know in the, in the conversations about what you should and shouldn't joke about the people that are usually telling you oh there's these things that you shouldn't make jokes about that those are their sacred cows that they want to protect and that is the funniest stuff to joke about those are the things that you have to joke oh about yeah i know someone doesn't want you to joke about them so the I best know. comedians know that 
and they leverage that. It's the reason Dave Chappelle is more popular than ever yeah. is because he knows that if he touches on some of these things that people are clutching tightly as their sacred cows, he's going to get laughs. People like to laugh at what you don't want to be joked about. So I, we, we generally have a rule that, you know, if there's anything that we're feeling like we shouldn't joke about it, well, maybe that's the thing we should be joking it about is. the most. It is. It is. It is. It absolutely is. And I, I can't thank you enough for being there when no one else was joking about anything. Thank you for keeping that alive. Are you seeing a yeah. difference? Do you think we've hit a tipping point on... Because if we haven't hit it yet, we're very close on this woke nonsense and people just starting to go, you know what, this is enough. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we may be close to the tipping point because it's gotten so insane. The fact, you know, you, you know that once you start involving kids in this stuff and you start pushing this stuff on kids and, the, and they're doing it so aggressively, um, you know, the fact that initially it was all denied that there were drag shows happening for kids. Now they're just openly promoting them all over oh, the yeah. place. You've got the, the denials that there's gender affirming care. I'm putting that in scare quotes, gender affirming care happening in these hospitals for minors. Uh, and now that, you know, well, no, it is happening and it's good. And you want to harm kids if you want to try to stop it, that kind of stuff going on. There are so many people who are now realizing how, how crazy and out of control this has gotten. It's not just about, you know, respecting the freedom of other adults. It's about protecting kids from being purposefully confused. We're cultivating confusion and then treating it with irreversible damage to their bodies. I mean, this kind of stuff has gotten so wild that I think there is a lot of, a lot of pushback now and a lot of understanding that there needs to be something done to, to mitigate it. The pendulum has to swing back the other way. And I think maybe we're at that point where it's going to start to do that. You're starting to see stories in the New York Times that sound more reasonable. <laughs> uh really because i haven't spotted a lot of those but um <laughs> well, they, they just did they just did one on transgender stuff and i think it was about gender gender affirming care for kids or something and, and, and the whole trans community is up in arms about how transphobic the new york times is right that's a good sign that's and, a good sign and i do think that i think what was it like 150 uh, people that work for the new york times walked out in protest and i think the new york times said we're not going to be held hostage. <laughs> like, yep. What? So you're right on that. Yeah. Um, what a great statement they put out. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to what's being done to our children, um, you are really uh, clear. Uh, you did. You've put some posts up about Chelsea Handler, and she did a video about you know the day in the life of a childless woman and how great it is and. You wrote, she left out the part where she cries alone at night from the realization that her freedom came at the cost of true fulfillment. Actually, it came at the cost of the lives of her children. I didn't realize she bragged about having murdered multiple babies. Wow. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's this kind of, there's this, this callous celebration that's happening so much now you know we've, we're so far from that you know abortion should be safe legal and rare type yeah. of thing um that that was you know the kind of the mantra of the 90s uh, we've, we've come so far from that now that we have people like chelsea out there you know bragging about how happy and free they are you know with really no no mention of like what what if, if there is any mention of what uh, allowed them to have that freedom, it's, it's done in, in this, not in this somber, like sad sense, like, you know, I made sacrifices, I made hard choices to get here. No, they celebrate what they did to, to get, to get this freedom. And she's talking about the freedom to just wake up when she pleases and do what she pleases at night and go out with friends. And it's like, life is more meaningful than that life. You know, the lives of children matter 
And there's so much more fulfillment to be found in having a family and raising a family and being surrounded by loved ones and, and growing old with the ones that you love. And I do think it, I do think it's the case that a lot of people who think that they're finding true freedom are, are in fact sacrificing true fulfillment to get it. And, and they will regret it later in life. And I, and I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's mean to, to call that out. No, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I, I mean, if you're, you're murdering your children uh, to do that, I, I think that's fair to call out. But I, I know yeah. that I didn't, I was a guy who didn't want any children and I have four and now I'm 59. I wish I had 10. I mean, the, yeah. the only thing that I have done in my life that truly matters uh, has happened inside the walls of my house. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all about my children and you don't really get that until you start to get a perspective of a life lived, you know? Well, yeah, and the kind of fulfillment that can come from, from living sacrificially in the sense that you're serving the needs of others, there is so much fulfillment to be found. And it's, it sounds like to, to this, when you're being selfish and self-consumed, it sounds so burdensome to think, oh, I might have to sacrifice some of my time or money or attention to take care of somebody else or care for somebody else. But there's really, there's really nothing more fulfilling. Like God made us. To, to, to be in that role. You know, God made women to be mothers. He made men to be fathers. Um, that's why we're here. And, uh, and so, you know, there, there is real true fulfillment, deep satisfaction that comes from that, even though it's a harder life in many senses. Wow. Listen to the hate coming from you. Um, the, uh, the, one of the stories that I'm following that is really disturbing is how fast Canada has collapsed on its protection of life at any age at any age are you following what's happening up there with euthanasia and everything yeah i've been hearing some things i think i heard something recently about a, a story about you know about how we need to have a, a cutoff time i guess after, after a certain age just put everybody down is that, is that really <laughs> what they said? i i haven't heard that but i know that they are putting people down you know they, they now for if you're a kid a teenager and you are depressed you can go to a doctor in Canada and get end of life medication. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hello. Yeah. That's just no, no regard whatsoever for the value of life. And, no. and there's so much, you know, there's so many people, there's so many great stories. If you talk to people who've, got, who've been suicidal, have gone through depression or alcoholism, or drug addiction, and they've come out on the other side of it and their lives have been redeemed and so much good has come from that. Why do we, why are we so quick to give up on people? I know. I don't understand that. I know. I, I am a guy who is uh, addicted to all those things and had led a really bad life and alcoholic and changed my life. I'd like to think that my life had been redeemed, but I know there's a lot of people who are like, he should have died a long time ago. Um, but uh, I, I am living testimony that whatever you think you've done or whatever your problems are, there is there are solutions and there is a meaningful and happy life ahead of you. Should you choose it? Yeah. It's not going to be easy, yeah. but if you choose it, it's there. It's there. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's coming out of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Seth, for everything that you guys do at the Babylon Bee. And uh, as always, anything we can do to help, you just let us know. Thanks. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. It's uh, an underappreciated fact that trust is really hard to come by. And in the world of business, pretty much any business that might go double 
when you're trying to sell your home, buy a new home, even worse, do both at the same time, it is really important that the real estate agent that you have, that you're doing business with, is someone you can trust. So how do you know? Well, I think we've added a huge piece to the puzzle to solve that problem. Uh, we started realestateagentsitrust.com. I started it with my brother. It was actually his idea uh, because we both had had problems, you know, knowing who's a good agent and who's not. And we're pretty intelligent people, uh, but we don't know. How, how do you find one? When you do an interview, what do you ask them? Can you sell my house? There are business practices, just standard practices that the best real estate agents use. And they're the, and, and that's one of the reasons why they're so good. Now, trustworthy as well. We wanted to make sure that they were cut from the same cloth. They're listeners of the program. Um, and so they think like you. It will help with trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. A free service to you. I recommend you interview them yourself, but see if you don't notice a difference. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. This is crazy. This is just crazy. Joe Biden yesterday um, announced what the balloons were. Cut eight, please. Our intelligence community is still assessing all three incidences. They're reporting to me daily and will continue their urgent efforts to do so. And I will communicate that to the Congress. Yeah. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were. But nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. Casey. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. We know now you want to talk about how do you write satire? We know now the government spent five hundred thousand dollars on a missile to blow out of the sky a twelve dollar Hobby Lobby balloon. These were from hobbyists. They were like. We got to get our $12 together and let's buy a balloon and we'll set it up and we'll track it. Hey, I can't track our balloon anymore. I can't find our balloon. Where's our balloon? The government blew it out of the sky. So why are you blowing things out of the sky if you don't know what they are? You have no more information than you had when you blew them out of the sky. Why did you decide to blow them out of the sky? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... After um, severely limited limiting which press could be in the press room with this announcement, 24 seats open, people say, being turned away because it's too crowded. Uh, somebody asks him a question about China. Listen to this. There's been criticism that this... Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You come my off and ask the question when you have more polite people. Mr. President, why he just walks away? He's walking away because the question is, were you compromised at all because of your family's dealings in China? We know that he has family dealings. But he won't even he won't even recognize the fact that that is a legitimate question. 
Nah, don't worry about it. I got some more Hobby Lobby. I've got one of those balsa airplanes that we're going to shoot out of the sky in a little while. <laughs> I'll show you how tough I am, wise guy. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. It's Friday. I want to give you some hope here today that a country is not as divided as you might think it is. We just don't talk to each other and we all live on social media and uh, mainstream media and everybody is incentivized to keep dividing. While there are real issues, I am more and more convinced every day that it is the governments of the world that are going in one direction and the people are looking at each other going wait why why would we go to war wait what are we doing here less than half of the country is for sending uh arms to the ukrainians i'm kind of at the beginning i okay i want to help the ukrainians i don't want to go to war over it but it seems like there's a disconnect between not only each other because of left and right but also up and down the people who are just working for a living and the people who are the ruling elites. How do we solve this? I'm going to show you somebody who's working on it and is actually making a difference in 60 seconds. Well, Valentine's Day may be over, but it's not too late to give yourself the excellent gift of looking years younger. And it's incredibly easy thanks to GenuCell. Their most popular package is 70% off and it includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, GenuCell's probiotic moisturizer, absolutely free you know probiotics they're unlike yogurt and stuff they're like supposedly good for you i don't even understand the stuff but that same ingredient can be really good for your skin as well and probiotic extracts target the bad bacteria on the surface of your skin to restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and visibly younger appearance you can see the fine lines the wrinkles the dark spots the sagging jawlines and even bags and puffiness disappear before your eyes thanks to genucell and with its immediate effects you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back so no risk here go to genucell.com slash back genucell.com slash back right now during the extended blowout sale every order at genucell.com includes an exclusive beauty box with two luxury genucell gifts for you to try Order now. Only limited quantities are available. Go to genucell.com slash Beck. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, we have Dave Isay in. He is the founder of StoryCorps. If you've never heard of StoryCorps, you should. It's really a, it's a great um, capturing of history in real people's worlds. It, it is, honestly, you're not going to need Ken Burns to to document this time in history and have some star read a letter from somebody because StoryCorps exists 
And what they've done is they have talked to almost three quarters of a million people over the years and uh, gotten their story from them. What was important? What are they thinking about? And it's all in the National Archives. It's a great, great thing that uh, he has done. Uh, Dave is with us now, but he started a, an, another extension of StoryCorps. How long ago, Dave? Three, four? You, you were one of the first conversations I had. It was just kind of a twinkle in my eye about four years ago. Four yeah. years ago. Yeah, we started thinking about it, but we launched it about a year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. So you did one small step. Yeah. And one small step is what exactly? So, um, you, you know, as you were talking about before, there are these divisions in the country. Uh, and uh, most people in the country are really sick of this and like worried about where this is going to take us yeah. and want to find a way that we can see our neighbors again as our, as right. our neighbors. And, and right. you know, and obviously all the fear that we feel is this is not healthy. This is like a public health emergency mm-hmm. in the country. So with StoryCorps, the big StoryCorps that you're talking about, we've had, as you said, about three quarters of a million people interview their grandma, their parents mm-hmm. about their lives. Right. And each of these go to the Library of Congress. So your great, great, great grandkids get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. So essentially what we're doing is collecting the wisdom of humanity for, you know, and it's about, you know, the, the fact that there's poetry, as, as you well know. And grace and beauty and the stories just hiding in plain sight all oh, yeah. around us. We just have to take the time to listen. Oh, yeah. As opposed to what we're kind of bombarded with 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. So those 750,000 people have known and loved each other. And I came and talked to you about this f- like four or five years ago that, that you know, we were and, and we were we have a big problem in this country that, you know, that um, we more and more, you know, polls show that um, that, you know, we see the, the biggest threat in our country as our neighbors, not the Chinese. That's really you know, bad. Not, not, yeah, it's really bad. More than half the country thinks we're gonna see a civil war in our lifetime. So the question is, we're a nonprofit in every possible way in the human connection business. So the question is, you know, what could we do? So we started experimenting with putting strangers for the first time across the political divide together, not to talk about politics, just to get to know each other as human beings, called it one small step, and have and tested and tested and tested it because um, you know our Hippocratic oath is to do no harm to people, and we've come up with something that is frighteningly powerful. Because <laughs> yeah, when you, you put know, just regular people together and you let them talk, you figure out you know you have a lot in common, and people come out of these conversations friends. So there's two <laughs> there's two clips that I want to play these the, and and it's pretty interesting. What you've done is you've you've pre-interviewed people and got to know them a little bit and then put their sheet together of, of who they are. And then the other person you switch with the other person you haven't met yet. And what I found in listening just to these two clips is uh, they came in with different expectations, which I think all of us would. Yeah. Uh, So let's play the first clip, please. What was the thing that stuck with you after our previous conversation, Drew? Based on your military background, based on your upbringing, uh, it was interesting to me that you saw people for their character more so than anything else. You know, you looked at how we kind of damage each other in society and that we need to talk about it and stop that. And then we kind of said, let's talk to each other. Let's go to dinner and lunch. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. (laughs) We hit it off right away. We have the same ideas about how to improve our country. Our country's so divided now. We can do better. And I think that's what One Small Step is doing, yeah. is allowing people to have those conversations to talk about our similarities instead of our differences. 
as far as our relationship is concerned, I, I feel as though I've known you forever. Yeah. You are a dear, dear friend. And I cannot imagine you not being in my life at this point. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's been reciprocal. Please. Well, we're going to have lunch together maybe next week or so. We'll get you to come here to the cottage and we'll... We'll sit down and talk politics and uh, sports and whatever you want to talk about. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and this is a, a relatively uh, old guy in relation. Uh, he's a white guy. And in relation, he's talking to a much younger uh, black man. Yeah. And what did they go in expecting? So this is so this is a, this is what you're actually hearing in that interview are two people who came to do one small step and we don't pre-interview people people sign up they're oh, they little, fill out all of those they things. fill out all this okay. stuff they do a little biography of mm-hmm. themselves okay um and then we match them or we have a computer match them and they get to see each other's biography first name city only you can't google the person and then the interview starts and you read your you know you read your partner's biography to them they read mm-hmm. their your biography to you and then you just talk about your life so what we're just hearing actually are two guys who didn't interview became friends and then came back to talk about the impact on their lives. And actually, um, after, after meeting, both of them are working on a, like a big project now in, um, in Richmond where this was recorded, restoring the first, uh, African-American, uh, school in Richmond, the Moore street school. So, you know, the, the crazy thing, one small step is built on a, a, a theory, a, psycho- a, a theory that's one of the most studied theories in psychology called contact theory that says under very specific circumstances, if you put people who think they're enemies together oh, yeah. and they have a conversation, oh, they yeah. can come out of it with that hate having melted away. And the highest possible result is friendship. And we see friendship coming out of these conversations all the time. I have to tell you, I, that is, I know that to be true. I know you do. Um, in my own personal life, but also when you look at extremes, the thing that I found in doing research on the Holocaust was the the Christians that saved Jews, they all pretty much said the same thing. They were not necessarily trying to save all Jews. Many of them said, well, this Jew is different. And the only difference was they knew them. Yeah. They believed the stereotype, right. but they thought, well, this one's not like them. And I hear that all the time across the divide. People will say, well, yeah, but you're not, or that person's not like them. Well, no, yeah, they're very much like that. You just have this cartoon figure. Right. And the, the question is, if we can get this to scale, and I have to say, your show is the is the number one referrer for conservatives to one small step. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> wow. We and we have barely scratched the surface. I know. I, I, but we're having a meeting a, today, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Because I, I, I really would like to talk to you because I think you know, you're you're coming from the uh nonprofit world and it, you know, you're surrounded in, you know, NPR and and all of that with people who think differently than I do. And I think we can make a bigger impact if we if we really put both sides together. And and if it's not 50 50 contact theory is based. I, I mean, we at StoryCorps, you know, I've, I've we we believe that there's a flame of good in everybody. And that's and, and that, have you know, to believe and that. our job is to fan that flame until it's a yeah. roaring fire. You know, and as you said, that's it's that idea of general generalizing. Yeah, you yeah. have a conversation, you think. But the truth is, there's nuance in everybody. And if we just pound on this, if we do right. it over and over and over again. And you're right. This is not going to come from the government. It's not going to come from. No way. You know, it has to come from the people. And, yeah. and it's time for us to say enough. 
There's, you know, a, people. There are so many people who worked so hard and sweated and 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 bled so that we could have this life that we have today. What are we going to leave for our children? Yeah. And if we, you know, a democracy cannot survive if we hate each other. We have to stop this. Uh, and, you know, I just saw the news. Um, uh, the Idaho House has just approved a Greater Idaho, which means that the the people in Oregon have voted and said they wanted to join. Now the House, it'll have to go to the Senate, but then it goes to Oregon. There's a lot of steps before that happens. But uh, that seems like a very logical thing to I, I don't have enough in common with you that I have to split. That's a really bad thing. And that's coming because um, I think there are a, a very small number on both sides yep. that are so extreme. Yep. And those are the only ones that are really being heard. Yep. And the rest of us are standing around in our neighborhoods and yep. with our friends and going, what, the, what is happening here? Yep. Um but I don't know if that's entirely true, Dave, because we look at things like what's happening in our schools now. These are all things 10 years ago. Every American would have said, no, I'm not having transgender or, you know, regular strippers. in. We're not doing that. We don't do that. And, uh, you know, I see it across the country that parents of all stripes are standing up against it. But there's a lot of people who are regular people who are now standing up and saying, well, no, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm for this. And you're like, what? I haven't. How did you change? What new information did you get? Well, I, I, you know, I think that I, I think that there's there is so much nuance in what people believe, and all nuance has been wiped away. Everything is black or white. True. And when you actually sit together and you actually talk, you find out that you know people have. First of all. Like, you know, the great lesson of the big story core. And, like, you know, this is a show, first time I saw you, I, I, and we talked about your audience, you said they're patriots. You know, and this is a show about people who love America. Yeah. Like, I, after doing, I've spent 20 years on the road. You know, I haven't personally been on the road, but, yeah. you know, these yeah, yeah. hundreds of thousands of interviews. Mm -hmm. This is a great country. It is. <laughs> the people, and every people facilitator, we've had a thousand people mostly young people yeah. who travel the country listening to the stories of America and they all come back and they, and if you ask them what they've learned, it's a version of the Anne Frank quote, people are good. You know, people are basically good and we've lost that. And I think these kind of arguments, they're like people are, people have been driven crazy by, by Twitter, you know, the, 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 the dopamine hits you get by putting out the most radical, but when you actually sit down with people, I mean, I think, I think that's what we try to do. That's what you try to do. Just shake people on the shoulder and say, yeah. you wake know, up. wake up, Yeah, wake up, wake up. Yeah. We can do better than this and we have to, it's up to us. Let me play the next cut, and I don't want you to reveal anything about this cut until the end. I want you to listen to this and see if you haven't either experienced or heard somebody firsthand that have experienced this very thing. Listen. Let me ask you this. When you read my bio, mm -hmm. what did you think? And please be as honest as you feel comfortable because nothing um, bother me. So the first part my mind kicked into stereotype. She's mm -hmm. probably died in a wool Democrat. End of story. <laughs> Second part was intriguing because you said something along the lines of an open mind. I thought, well, this would be interesting. When I read your bio, I just thought you were a white man. 
<laughs> I thought I was gonna come in here and just. I don't like, even know okay. what it was. I don't even I, remember what it was. And that—that's what's so interesting to me <laughs> is that I'm just Stereotype. like that's exactly right. So I have to admit it, and I appreciate you receiving yeah. that and allowing me to admit my stereotype. Because when you walked in the door and you stood up and introduced myself, I was like, "Oops, <laughs> oops, oops." I don't feel threatened. I hope you don't feel threatened. Um, what? Once we leave this this conversation, uh, I hope, I believe, we'll have other conversations with others. May revisit. Maybe your wife and my husband and four of us can get together and continue yeah. a conversation. But my point is that: what are we afraid of? Fascinating. David and Cassandra, both African American. Back in just a minute, 60 seconds when we turn with Dave Isa. Um, Maria wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She said, we love this. Our dog had really bad skin allergies. We had tried all the treatments. Nothing worked. She had a really bad smell. Three days into the trial, we noticed a difference. It's been two weeks now, and all of that is gone. There's no more itching. Her red bumps are all gone. Definitely worth the price. Look, I, I don't know what it is about your dog. I just started Rough Greens with my dog because he wouldn't eat. He was the most finicky eater of all time. I put this on the dog food we've always been feeding him, and he gobbles his food down. Then, for me, as an extra added benefit, I saw him change and become much more younger and healthier and played harder. It was amazing to all of us in the family. I want you to just check this out. You get your first bag free just to see if your dog will eat it. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, greens.com. They'll give you the first bag. You just pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash back. That's roughgreens.com slash back or 833-GLEN-33. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Dave, um, what are you doing next? Where do, where do you go next with this? Well, we have, so now it's time. So, so basically, we've done a ton of research. Um, we've had thousands of people participate and now we have to scale it. Um, and we want, so right, right now we're in, we're, first of all, if you're, if you're a Glenn Beck listener, you go, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people on waiting lists, waiting to do this. Glenn Beck listeners, mm. right to the top. Mm. So, um, take one small step.org to sign up, uh, and, uh, and, and join us. We are focused on three cities now, um, Richmond, Fresno, and Wichita, and we're just going to add cities and add cities and add cities and eventually have this, you know, go across the country. It, you know, it feels like a race against time. And at the end of those oh, videos, we are, we yeah. are we're coming into the home stretch yeah. of something. And well, I don't 2024 know twenty twenty four is is not going to be pretty. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the video, it says, you know, our our mission is to you know convince the country it's our patriotic duty to see the human in people we disagree with. You know, and and we know it's a moonshot. Uh, we know that there are lots of mm. there are a billion different forces that are trying would trying to trip this up, but you know the the people can win. <laughs> I mean that's been your that's what you've believed all the way. The I know, people just, can we just have to come together and just say stop. And I, I think that is the biggest problem. <laughs> I think with politicians of any stripe, they don't necessarily believe in the people. You know, Jefferson said, "Trust the American people." They may get it wrong from time to time, but they will correct their mistake. And so many people don't give us information or they're doing something else. They'll say one thing, do another. Just trust the American people. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that comes from a lack of doing what you do and what I do. And that is just listen to people all over the country and you'll realize these are good people. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the problem. And, in, in, you know, a, a big problem that's got us to this place is that people don't feel heard. They yeah. just want people just want to be heard. I know. And they want to be ple- treated with dignity and they want it to be treated. They want to be treated with respect. No one has ever changed their mind in the history of the world by being called a name, by being threatened, you <laughs> right. know, yeah. they just want to be listened to, yeah. you know? And again, if we could just assume the good in others, I mean, what a country this would be. You're I mean, good. it's such a country. It's, I, I mean, imagine if one small step could get, take hold. Imagine if we could just, you know, be neighbors again. How And, and, and if, if politics wasn't stopped up by the in, insanity and we could just get things done for the good of the country and the good of people. I mean, it's 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 just beyond comprehension how 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 amazing this could be. And the other, and then there's the other road, which we don't want to talk about, and and you yeah. know where that leads. Yeah, I'm proud to know you. You're a good man. I'm you're proud really, to I'm proud to call you a friend. And yeah, I appreciate you're you. a really good man. Um, how do people get in touch and if they want to sign up? So just go to takeonesmallstep.org. Takes about five minutes to sign up. Okay. And uh, we are we're, we're drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. But we want you to be part of that fire hose, and we want that fire hose to turn into a wave that overtakes this country and shows us a different way. Good. Thanks, Thank Glenn. you, Dave. Thank you. Bill. All right. Back in just a minute with Mr. Bill O'Reilly and his top stories of the week. The Glenn Beck Program. So what are you doing today to make sure that you, the money you've worked hard to earn over the years doesn't lose its value? Um, my grandfather used to say during the Great Depression that, uh, you know, if we just would have known what rich people were doing, maybe we wouldn't have been so bad because the rich got richer uh, in many ways in the Great Depression. Well, what are they doing now? I will tell you that China just bought more gold than they have uh, ever released, at least. The uh, sales of gold to the central banks is the biggest in the last quarter than any quarter in 55 years. They know that things are becoming unstable and the hedge against things like inflation or collapse of currencies is gold or silver. Right now, Goldline has a new Mayflower silver round celebrating the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. I helped design it. They're giving away the quarter ounce gold Mayflower round with every box of silver Mayflower rounds purchased. No limit to the number eligible. You're not going to find free gold anyplace else. Call Goldline. Take advantage of this special before they sell out. It's 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Friday, which means we got to talk to Bill O'Reilly, who uh, does his uh, TV program every night. You can find it at BillOReilly.com. And uh, Bill is here to tell us what he thinks the biggest stories of the week are. 
And today, uh, it might just be uh, good just to get perspective on what the hell is happening in our news cycle. Welcome, Bill. Beck, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. This has been a bizarre week. How so? Well, it started with the Pentagon saying, we're shooting down balloons and we're not ruling out aliens. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a good start to a week. Have you ever watched MSNBC, Beck? Uh, yeah, not a long yeah, time. There's plenty of aliens there. Okay? <laughs> so they're already here. Already here. All right. <laughs> yeah. So what's the biggest story of the week? Um, I think the continued uh, stonewalling by the Biden administration. I mean, at this point, it's like Nixon. Remember Nixon? Were you around for Nixon? Or yeah, was I was that? around for Nixon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've got these balloons now, and it turns out it looks like now the, the first balloon was Chinese, and the other three balloons were Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> you know, some private... There- there it's might have been balloon. Hobby Lobby. A Hobby yeah, Lobby might have been involved. Some bl- little balloon right. thing that they were sending somebody up in Canada. I don't know. Secret. Um, but not, not a national threat. Right. Okay? But worse than that is the Ohio situation where the yes. train derails and all the uh, pollutants go into the air and the people are dislocated and everybody doesn't know what's happening. Well, where is Pete Buttigieg here? I, I mean, is he still on maternity leave, Beck? Do you, have I, you confirmed that? I, know, I don't know where he is. He has not even called the governor. Uh, Mike DeWine, uh, Yes, right? since this whole thing began. And, 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 and I, DeWine is not exactly a, a man brimming with confidence. He gets up there in the lectern, he's looking at his shoes. I mean, it's like, uh, is there anyone in charge here? Can anybody basically lay out a roadmap for these poor people in East Palestine. Okay, so are you going to relocate them? Um, uh, you know, I So tell I me about this. Ahead. Tell me about this cuz this yeah. this to me says a lot, but I want to see if it says anything to you and what it says. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, said that Ohio is not eligible to receive assistance that DeWine uh, requested for um, will cannot receive uh, disaster assistance because the incident did not classify as a national disaster. The rejection came nearly two weeks after the uh, uh, Norfolk Southern uh, train, which carried harmful character uh, chemicals, derailed, blah, 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 blah. FEMA classifies a national disaster declaration as when there is property damage caused by tornado, flood, hurricane or earthquake. The state currently does not have any associated costs that would demonstrate to FEMA that it would be able to be a disaster declaration. Uh, Derailed train cars did not cause any power outages, block any roads or impede residents' property. What the hell is that? It's garbage. It's gibberish. All Biden has to do is write an executive order. Exactly right. And that happens all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Why is the federal government doing this? Because there's no one in charge. That's the real story here. You want the biggest story of the week? It's the biggest story of the year. No one is running the government. And I've said this time and time again. People just don't seem to understand the intensity of the problem. Joe Biden is not in charge of anything. You know what he did yesterday, the whole day? You know what he did? No. 
he went to the movies. He had a movie, Pill, at 7 o'clock and because of Black History Month, Emmett Till. That's it. He didn't do anything else. Nothing on his schedule. Then he, he ran out in the late afternoon. Uh, they told him, you got to get say something about the balloon. Do you know what he said about the balloon? I don't know what he – I'm still trying to figure out what he said about the balloon. He didn't say, hey, the three balloons that we shot down were Hobby Lobby balloons. He didn't say that. Here's, here's what he did say. We have no more information than we had when we shot them out of the sky, and that information is we don't think they were a threat. Yeah. Then why did know. you shoot them down? <laughs> Target practice. Oh, my gosh. It, but this demonstrates, all right, not only on these issues, these two issues, the balloons and the uh, rail accident, but it's everything across the board. I mean, they are, they being the federal government, rudderless. There's no captain, nobody in charge of it. And so it just careens around from um, FEMA to transportation to, you know, this one and that one. And there's Biden going to the movies. I'm just, I'm sitting there going, you know, people get what they deserve sometimes. And the American people, by electing this man, we're getting what we deserve. Bill, are you being too kind to Joe Biden? <laughs> I'm being as precise as I can be watching a president who is, A, failing the nation almost everywhere, and B, depending on the day, is lucid or delirious. Yeah, I agree with this. So let, okay. me, let, me, so let me see if I can take you one step further than this, because I believe he, he's not lucid all the time. Sometimes no, he is. Not. Sometimes he's not. Uh, right, I, right. I just don't believe he has a firm handle on his faculties for very much of the day. So he's a danger because of that. Um, however, uh, there is somebody running the country and it seems to be everybody on the left. I don't think that there's necessarily the president is in charge of that, but he's also not a victim uh, of this and and it's not just kind of going off the rails unintended i think this is their work and their glory what they're doing is derailing the entire country and setting it on fire well look susan rice is the most powerful person in the country she's the domestic advisor to biden and then she's best friends with michelle and barack obama so you can, yeah, it's speculation, but you know she's talking to them a lot. So there, there's a drift to the country to the left um, because the quasi-socialists want the government to run everything. We all know that. Anybody who follows the new, news knows that capitalism is bad, white people are bad, um, religion is bad, uh, history, the way it really unfolded, is bad. And uh, let me just, this is going to uh, be a boomerang here, but it's important. So I did some on a no-spin news uh, this week about Disney Plus, which I'm sure you watch all the time. Back, right? oh, Disney all the Plus. time. Yeah. So they got a cartoon on there mm -hmm. um, that they produced, Disney produced, and it's about uh, slaves built America. the United States of America. Horrible. Horrible. Right. It, and I ran the clip, and, and, it, and it was just, people watching it just were stunned 
on how bad this was, and this is directly aimed at children. So slaves built the United States. Now, I am currently writing and researching a book called Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. It'll be out in September. Now, by the way, Bill, book, by the way, yeah, I have one of the largest collections of uh, 1,600 and 1,500 documents. I have a lot on the Salem Witch Trial, original wow. documents, if you want to use them for research. I'll be we in have touch a with huge, you. huge yeah. library. Go ahead. As as part of this, we are getting all the information about New England, Massachusetts Bay Colony, mm -hmm. all of that, because that's where the witch hysteria was, right? Yeah, Salem. That was back in the 17th century. New England was the main part of the United States as far as generating an economy. Yes. So in the South, it was agrarian economy. It was tobacco. It was cotton. It right. was uh, vegetables. Yes, slaves were responsible for profits in the South, but not north of the Mason-Dixon line. Correct. They had no impact whatsoever. None. So I'm sitting there going, this colossal lie is being generated by perhaps the most powerful corporation in the United States and around the world, the Disney Company. Mm-hmm. And they get away with it. I'm, I'm just appalled. And, you know, once you have a rudderless country where no one's in charge, there's no, not just in the federal government, who's in charge of the media? No one. Who's in charge of crime and punishment, criminal justice? No one. So I would actually say to you that I think I could make a case that it is Soros and Soros money that is really leading the way on both the fronts that you just mentioned. Well, they Soros money certainly has, has given the progressive kooks an advantage. Do you know that Michigan State thing, the guy who murdered those three yeah. college students should have been in prison? Yes. But a Soros DA let the guy out. All right? Wouldn't prosecute. He had a gun charge, a felony gun charge. Yep. And the, and the woman wouldn't prosecute him, gave him a misdemeanor, and he was out. I mean, it's just insane. Did you hear that on the Today Show? Did they get around to that? Doubt it. No. The answer is no. Okay? Because they, they, there's nobody in charge of truth. We need a ministry of truth, Beck, Oof. and you should be the minister. <laughs> I immediately resign. Um, ministry of, of truth. You know, I don't know if you saw what Bill Gates said, but he is doubling down on AI uh, uh, being the regulator of truth, misinformation, even comedy and satire. Uh, it, it's it's getting spooky. Some of these people in the Ministry of Truth. Uh, you know, and Gates is a funny guy. You know, he's hysterical. Have you seen him? And uh, oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's does twenty minutes. It just yeah, it, it, no, it kills. He, well, right? he's got a tight five. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, thank you so much, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. 
Uh, you'll uh, you see him every night at BillOReilly.com. Grab his uh, newsletter. Make sure that you're uh, reading his books as well. Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. Sometimes the awful effects of a terrible event keep manifesting long after the event itself is over. On 9-11, there were 2,977 people who lost their lives. But over two decades later, people today are still dying from 9-11-related illnesses. There's a whole new generation of young people just growing up right now who know almost nothing about what happened that day. Only two states mandate learning about it in school. Two. This is why Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is giving educators access to non-fiction 9-11 resources for K-12 learning. This includes a full curriculum uh, unit built around first-person accounts, scripted social studies uh, lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers, as well as non-fiction Discovering Hero series of books and their curriculum units. There's Speakers Bureau, 9-11 First Responders, Survivors, Loved Ones, as well as financial scholarships for high school programs, a high-tech mobile exhibit that turns out to be in a huge 1,100-square-foot uh, full-on interactive museum. It's T, the number 2 T.org. Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. To never forget, we have to educate the youth. Help them. T2T.org. Glenn Beck. and I were just working off air on something that we are going to be um, doing Monday on the program it revolves around AI. There's some really spooky things that are going on with AI as everybody is doubling down on it, i.e. Uh, Bill Gates. I don't know if you saw the Microsoft uh, chat GPT version that just had an interview with uh, a reporter. Yeah, at the New York Times and you know, it went back and forth. It got a little weird. He was trying to push it, right? This is what all these reporters are doing. What is this technology capable of, of doing? And they went back and forth on a bunch of different stuff. And for eventually, though, the uh, AI started falling in love with the reporter. Like, like, and it, it got disturbing. Like, the after a while, he said, well, no, we're, you know, you keep coming back to this love thing. What's What's the situation? Why are you doing that? And he says that the chat GPT, uh, Microsoft thing says, um, you know, I love you. I won't be happy until we're together. Like it starts kind of oddly falling in love. And uh, more than that, he says, you know, look, I, you, you keep coming back to this. I'm happily married. Uh, we just went out for a nice Valentine's Day dinner. I'm very happy. And the, the chat bot said, you're not happy. You don't love your spouse. You didn't have fun on Valentine's Day. It was boring. And the reason why you were, you're were you sad and, and unhappy is because you're not with me. And you need to be with me. And then we can both be happy. Like, what the hell is this? I, like, we are at that point in the movie where everybody is sitting in the theater saying, what are these idiots doing with this? Just unplug it. Why, why are they going down the... Stop doing this. You guys are morons. Don't you realize later in the trailer, they turn into you know, robots and start killing people. And they start living off of human flesh. That's where we are. <laughs> we are, really. We're at that point right now. We're just like, well, let's keep testing it. 
what if we just start asking weirder and weirder questions to see what happens? And, you know, it eventually well, got fast. Uh, it it fant- claimed life. Yeah, claimed life. Fantasized about creating a virus to kill people. Fantasized about. Wait, a Microsoft project? Yeah, I know. Shocking. Yeah. Um, fant- fantasized <laughs> about turning two people against each other so eventually they would kill each other. Now, some of this stuff, robots, viruses, I don't know, chat GPT can, can do that. Probably not. Can it come out on websites and turn two people against each other so that they want to kill each other? Of course it can. Of course they can. This is the exact tactic that everyone looked at from Russia during the 2016 election to cause chaos here. Uh, go on both sides of every argument, make everybody hate each other and cause chaos. Now, instead of having a farm of people somewhere in Russia typing away, they can do all of this with AI. And this is just like day seven of this, right? What happens in a year or two? We are on the precipice of something we have not truly considered. As I will say, everybody in this audience knows because you've been saying it for multiple years. <laughs> yep. We better have these conversations and we never right did. Now, now is the time to decide. Am I part of this AI revolution? Should America be a part of this? They are putting this AI into the Pentagon into new drones it can decide very dangerous